welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. It's been a good week for me. It this, has for me, too. Well, this what's made this week so outstanding is, number one, dear muzzleloader season opened Saturday. Mm-hmm. And number two... The elections are over. Finally, I can see ads for something else on TV. Can we go ahead and establish a rule as cigar men of the world that we just all of us take it in our hands? If there's a politician that has ran a negative campaign and they win and they light up a cigar at the end of it, we get to smack it out of their mouth. <laughs> did you see that happen? I didn't. I didn't. I, see I, that. I did not. But I, I seen so much negative ads. It was disgusting. You know, I, and we won't talk about this too much for for fear of beating a dead horse and really just being unentertaining. And that was the biggest. When's that ever stopped us yeah, before? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. The lead-up to the midterm elections this entire cycle, there was a key Senate race here in Tennessee. And I think those two candidates spent more on attack ads at one another than they did on anything else. I couldn't tell you what either one of... Neither one of them came out and said, I stand for this. They said, he stands for this, she stands for that. Yeah, and I just... I don't have any time in my life for for that level of negativity and that that level of persistent negativity. And it, it just really makes me, even though I, I liked one candidate more than the other, it made me not want to vote for him just because they played dirty. You know, I have a philosophy in my business as it pertains to advertising. Comparison is a race to the bottom. Yeah. And when you compare, all, when your advertising campaign consists of comparing yourself to the other person... You're just seeing who can get to the bottom first. Yeah. And I'll stand up, talk about what you do well, talk about what you're going to do well, and let the chips fall where they may. Exactly. But it's, enough about that. Enough about that. Now, it's, okay. finally, it's finally over. We can breathe. We can get back to beer commercials and insurance companies like, we, like, like it should be. The way it should be. And speaking pharmaceuticals. Of, speaking of breathing, <laughs> I have a special cigar tonight. This is one of the special Roma Craft releases. Austin got in three different special Roma Crafts that I'll be smoking over the course of the next couple of weeks. And this is the Cro-Magnon Venus. That thing is beautiful. This I, is, I'm, I don't smoke Solomons very often. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I kind of stole your thunder. Uh, that's okay. It's a Solomon, and it is beautiful. It is. Now, check out this recipe. The wrapper is a Connecticut Broadleaf. The binder is Cameroon, and the filler is Nicaraguan. Did they make that for us? I mean, yeah, it's just a great-looking look, great cigar. Now, I believe the difference in the Solomon and the Perfecto is the snout. And uh, the Perfecto tends to taper at both sides. I believe a true Solomon should come to a snout. Yes, that is correct. And this cigar has a great snout. <laughs> So I've I've held off on smoking this one on purpose because I wanted to do it on the show. I would have had a very hard time holding on to that one. So I give you many kudos for self-control and restraint. Well, a man committed to this show and he happened to get a new cigar. He would he would hold it until actually he could share it with his listeners for the first time. I mean, I just got to think, somebody with a modicum of self-control... Oh, sorry, Trey, what are you smoking tonight? (laughs) So, the backstory on the cigar I'm smoking tonight 
is uh, I came by the shop last night. It was poker night. I wasn't playing, but I was here, and Shane was nice enough to gift me one of the new Crown Heads limited releases, which is... I lost my bookmark. Uh, the Court Reserve 28. No, no, 18. The Court Reserve 18. I promise I know how to read Roman numerals. Uh, I'm lighting my cigar. You're on your own. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so Shane gifted me this last night, knowing what a huge Crown Heads fan I am. Yeah, and I smoked it last night. <laughs> I gifted it to him, and I said... You can decide if you're going to smoke it on the show or if you're going to smoke it See, lot. <laughs> but you put me in a really difficult position when you did that because new cigar, limited release from Crowned Heads, that is v- very much show-worthy. But you also gave me a cigar, and etiquette would say that I am to smoke it at that moment. But does the person gifting the cigar not have the ability to modify that etiquette? They do, but I wanted the cigar, so I smoked it. Uh, The good news is, he's got a well-stocked humidor. I was able to pick up another one, so that's what I'm smoking tonight to make good. Now I know I like it, at least. Uh, I actually really like... Listen to this recipe, though. It is made in E.P. Carrillo's factory uses a Mexican San Andreas wrapper over Ecuadorian binder and Nicaraguan filler. Another recipe that was made for us. Yeah, just write up that out. Mm -hmm. And I'm smoking the Sublime, which is the 6x54. And it looks like you're having some draw issues over there. I have now cut this cigar twice. And look at the the end of this cigar is completely sealed off. I see that. So I've whipped out my trusty draw poker. Now, one thing of note, though, with Solomon's is they do tend to open up as you get past the snout. So it may self-correct a little bit. Or you golf ball through a garden hose over there. It's still pretty darn tight. I mean, if you look at that pack, which if we had light in this store, we could. Um, If you look at where I cut that thing, that is, that sucker is tight. Well, and I noticed when you put your draw poker through it that you were having to put some serious force behind that. It didn't want to go through. Yeah, that thing is, this thing is rolled tight. This, that can ruin a cigar for me. Mm -hmm. And you hate to to see that happen on a, a, on a beautiful Solomon like that. And also on limited release cigars where, you know, it's not something you can just walk into the humidor and grab another one. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and let's face it. The amount of air in specialty size cigars is higher than in just if you go grab a Churchill or a Robusto. Which is why only the most experienced and most talented rollers get the opportunity to roll the Calabras and the Solomons and the Double Perfectos and the Figurados. Like, that's a, that's a well, e- expert-level product. And this thing is hard as a rock. Huh. Um, you I'm, know, I don't usually advocate this, but you may want to take about an inch off of the off of the head of that cigar and try and get past whatever's... Well, I've got... I've, I've ran the poker, and I'm getting enough smoke to taste it. The flavor's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not warmed up yet. Let's hope this self-corrects. But yeah, you know, just do a, a super deep cut and get past that. Because once you got about... Once you got that poker about a half inch in, it seemed to let go a little bit. So you may... You may find a little... We'll, we'll revisit your cigar woes at the after the break and see if, if 
any surgery is necessary. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if this has to go into cigar rescue mode. Mm. But now, so what was your, what's your? You've already smoked one of the crown heads. What are they called? What's the special release called? That is called the Court Reserve Eighteen. So I've, it was really, really good. I smoked one, but I don't think I. I think I was doing other things. You know, I think I smoked one last week. Actually, it was last week before poker night. And that's how I ended up with that one I gave you. Somebody put a couple of those in the pot for poker, and I won. Yeah. Um, not that I wouldn't have secured you one in any event, because I know your love for the crowned heads. Right. But um, I smoked it, but I think I was, I, I was having a conversation with somebody here. I was back here getting ready for poker. I was getting things orchestrated. We had two tables. It was chaotic. It wasn't destination smoking. Yeah. I've got two more at home because I did win. And Did I mention I won? Yeah, just okay. a few times. <laughs> but I did I'm win. I'm sure you can weasel a couple of more in before the end of the show. Well, and there's a couple of guys that we play poker with. One is a vastly better poker player than I am. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely great. And the other is just an abrasive jerk. Well, he's a bully. He's a chip bully. No, he's an abrasive jerk oh. in everything he does, well, whether it's poker or smoking. I was referring to the, the game of poker specifically. <laughs> oh, okay. but, yeah, but, but, yes, you're right. So to, to be able to stand on top of that mountain as the king. Well, and when it comes down to us three being the final three and to be able to take them out myself made the victory so much sweeter. Oh, I can imagine so. But... Anyway, coming back to cigars, since we are talking about your love of the crowned heads, we got to talk about a cigar that has me conflicted. Okay, well, let's first talk about why this is in the news. So last Thursday would have been Lawless Day, which is something they did last year. And it basically gives retailers all over the country the ability to buy the regional releases that they aren't otherwise uh, available so, for instance, you know, Tennessee Waltz is only sold to retailers within the state of Tennessee. The Yellow Rose of Texas, the same. Well, they've released a new cigar about a week ago, or two weeks ago, as you're hearing this, um, called the, what, the Ohio... The Buckeye Land. The Buckeye Land, yeah. And it's exclusive to Ohio. Well, and let's talk about this cigar. It has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, a Connecticut broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan fillers and Pennsylvanian fillers. Which is the same blend, I believe. Maybe not the Pennsylvania filler, but the, the broadleaf wrapper and the Nicaraguan binder is the same as the Tennessee Waltz and the Yellow Rose of Texas. Correct. This one just has the San Andreas wrapper. Mm. And this is produced in the Drew Estate factory. And also, everything about this cigar says Shane, but I don't like the Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have any sports affiliation, so what is it just you know too many Buckeye fans? I, no, it's just that I know too much about the about the Buckeyes in general. Okay. And all and and everything all the interaction I have had with that football program has been negative. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've, it's going to be tough. I'm going to smoke it, and I'm scared to death I'm going to love it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thrilled to death. I can't wait to get my hands on this cigar. I mean, if we've learned anything from the Waltz and the Rose, that they do this thing very well. Well, and I will say that um, 
inside sources have told me there were five boxes ordered coming to this shop. Yeah, of which I'll probably pick up one. Uh, I'll, I'll have to smoke. He, he's tried to pre-sell them, but it's so hard. I mean, I can't buy a box that I've never smoked one of. I, In general, I agree with you, but this one I think I could safely blind purchase. And, all, and that, that's probably a good show one night of, you know, cigars that you should you could blind purchase. You know, the the Tatawahe Monsters. Yeah. I can always blind purchase something like that. To a certain degree, a lot of people blind purchase big money Opus X. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Don Carlos and all these special releases that Opus does, or that Arturo Fuente does, people will blind purchase that stuff. Well, so many times you can only get them in boxes of 10, and, and you get pre-release stuff where you have to buy a box to get the to be able to get it. Um, but, you know, they're going back there. It's a, a little bit different size cigar for the Buckeye Land. It's a 6 by 48 so it's a little bit thinner than the Tennessee Waltz. The Tennessee Waltz, I think, is a 52 or a 54. I can't 52. remember. 52. Okay. I should have gone, gone with my instinct. Yellow Rose is a box press 54. Yeah. Um, I've got a great article in front of me. <laughs> I see that. Um, I, I would do well to do the same. So... So I think that's going to be a, a good size for the recipe I'm seeing. I think that Pennsylvania tobacco is going to give it a little bit of savoriness that you don't typically find in this. I, I'm excited about it. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I'm excited about it, but I am conflicted. I Because it's just the, the Ohio thing. The, you know, and here's the thing. The Tennessee Waltz. Okay, Tennessee. Very easy. The Yellow Rose of Texas. Texas, very easily. Why did they have to tie this to a football program? Well, I think... Or the, am I the, just ignorant of Ohio in general? I, I, are there Buckeye trees everywhere in yes, Ohio? And yes, I don't know there are. Uh, I, I think that's... It's more of a staple of Ohio. But at the same time, couldn't you... It, there's got to be a song about Ohio that... Or maybe Buckeye Land is a song that I've just never heard of. Maybe. I don't know. That, that's a good... During the break, I'm going to YouTube and see if there's a Buckeye Land song... And if there's a Buckeye Land song and it has nothing to do with football, then I'm in. Okay. Well, the, then the I will least, get up and go order a box. <laughs> at the very least, couldn't they have called it like the Cleveland Rocks? You remember the, that old song, the oh, yeah. Drew Carey show? Oh, yes. I remember it. And, uh, but anyway, moving forward, let's talk about another new cigar. Something else, uh, something on the opposite end of the spectrum. That cigar is going to retail for about $9.67. Is a suggested MSRP. Um, brick and mortar is probably going to get it to ten or twelve dollars by the time easy they pay for Wi-Fi and you know rent and all those sort of things. Right. General Cigar. This is counterintuitive. How many times on this show have we said that General Cigar is the king of the under eight cigar? Many at, times in releasing it, they are now releasing the most expensive Cohiba. At $90 per cigar. Holy... And that's U.S. market, so it's not a Cuban? Right. That is a U.S. market. It is the Cohiba Spectre. Uh-oh. The, the bond and you just cried a little. A little bit. But I'm really worried there's going to be some tie-in here. Now, this is what's interesting. You're going to have to follow this recipe. Okay. Because, you know, there's a recipe for making jalapeno poppers which is basically jalapeno, cream cheese, wrap it in bacon, throw it on the grill. Yeah. And then there is duck a la range, 
This is a duck a l'orange cigar. Okay. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, cold from high primings, the upper section of the tobacco plant. The core of the filler is Dominican Piloto Cubano aged in tercios, which are barrels. Um, not to, these are from the 1995 crop, making them 23 years old. The Nicaraguan tobacco grown in Esteli and aged in Spanish sherry bottles. And the Honduran leaves are from various regions and various vintages. San Augustine, Hamastran, La Entrada. Okay. There's a lot going on in that cigar. Folks, but now I will give them credit. It's a seven and a quarter by 54. Okay. So there is at That's least some girth to that cigar. Yeah. But, fellas, sit down and talk to you here, general, friends. My palate is not that good. <laughs> and I've got a great palate. I have, a, I have a tremendous amount of work. I have a tremendous amount of cognitive abilities in my palate. I don't think I have enough palate to appreciate the amount of work put in this cigar. Even if you did, I don't know that any cigar is worth $90. I just don't. I, I, I have smoked some very good cigars in my days. In fact... The closest thing I can think to that, uh, Paul Grammerian is a cigar brand that most people have never heard of. They're very exclusive and minimum by, you're looking at minimum 10 years age on the tobacco by the time it hits the shelf. I think it may actually be more than that. Anyway, that cigar is maybe right getting close to the $30 range for the Solomon, which is the biggest, most expensive. And it's a phenomenal cigar. One of the best cigars I've ever had in my life. I've only had a couple of them. That's the upper... I don't... I can't see a world in which you are two-thirds better than that. You know, there's, there's a romance to having a $100 cigar. Because let's call this a $100 cigar. Let's call it what it is. All right. There's a certain romance, and it comes in a very, you know... It's a five-pack. It's a very exclusive-looking case. It's got the tubo-type thing happening. I mean, there's a lot of romance to the... the. I guess I shouldn't say romance. I guess you should say novelty. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah, so there is something to that. You know, you you have that once a year that something everything went right, and it's time to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But... I cannot imagine in a blind taste test this beats a $60 Padron. Is there a $60 Padron? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, it was the 80th. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had one in Chattanooga. It's the most expensive cigar I ever smoked is the $60 Padron. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Now, was it worth $60? Uh, it depends on how much you value the story. Of it was Valentine's and I was in a special lounge with my wife in a special place. It depends on how much the story adds, you know, if you can put a price tag on that. Right. I can't imagine the story I need for a $90 Cohiba. That's, yeah, that's you just won the lottery. Your horse just won the Kentucky Derby. That's that kind of story. Well, it's almost easier when you get into that money to have something that somebody gifted to you. Right. You know, 
Now, it would be easier for me to give somebody a $90 cigar than it would be for me to buy it and smoke it for myself. Completely agree with that. Absolutely. No, I, I would be far more likely to give a cigar of that magnitude as a gift than I would be to buy it for myself. So I have now repoked this cigar twice. I've been working it over over here. And here's the problem. Okay, so everybody out there that's never used a cigar poker, here's the problem of a cigar poker. If the cigar is tight when you poke it, as it warms up, it will contract and seal back up. So once you start poking, you're poking for the length of this cigar. Right. And I'm, you know, how you know how fast a smoker I am. I've not even got the snout off of this thing yet. Right. So this is really disturbing me. Although I've got to say, this is kind of nice in a way if you are going to be subjected to this because this is the first time we've ever actually had a construction issue in a cigar that we've smoked on the show. Well, and it's a shame that it's Aroma Craft, that it's a company that we have touted. I've never had a construction issue with one of their cigars, ever. Well, I've smoked two of their slobber knockers. They're big ones that they put out in this special release. I've smoked two of them, and both of them, the draw was perfect. The cigar size was perfect. Um, I have another one to actually smoke on the show one night. So this is really... And I have another one of these. I'm interested to see. Um, I actually... After this, I'm probably going to put the other one in my humidor and keep it for six months or better Mm -hmm. instead of running the risk of actually having another... Maybe having forgotten about it by the time you get back to it. Yeah, maybe it'll come down. But anyway, moving moving forward with life, I thought that was interesting. Um, We're going to step away for just a minute because I'm fixing to do some serious... I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to do some serious work on this cigar. I'm getting a masseuse in here. We're going to massage this tobacco. We're going to really work this thing over good. Do some pressure points. Yes. Perhaps hot stone shiatsu, whichever. I may have to run to the place next door. But going to do that. When we get back, I want to talk about... A little bit of political news, but just a very a touch on it. I want to talk about um, North Carolina retailer that was elected in North Carolina State Senate and some of the other some of the other prominent people that got elected um, at the midterm election that could help us in our tobacco legislation. And also going to talk about etiquette with Zeno Davidoff. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. here with this week's Cigar Under $8. I want to do something a little differently and talk about a cigar in a specific size. Uh, talking about this week, the Camacho Corojo Robusto. Uh, some of the other sizes come in above the $8 mark, but the Robusto is right under $8, and it is everything you like about Corojo. If you ever want to truly taste Corojo, this is the cigar for that. Well, it's the Camacho Red Label, for those of them out there that are just looking to pick one out by sight. The wrapper is Corojo, the origin is Honduran, and I've done a lot of Honduran tobacco this year and really enjoyed it. Um, Like you said, the Robusto size, you know, a five-pack's $39, so we're sliding right in there under the $8 line. Mm -hmm. But great cigar. I really enjoy this smoke. And it's a 90-rated cigar, so it's right up there in some really good company. Um, Just a great cigar. Everything Camacho does well, they do well in this cigar. Uh, Can't say enough good about it.
Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. During the break, we did some work on this Cro-Magnum Venus. Um, ended up losing almost an inch of this cigar to the cut at this point. I've actually cut it up past the shoulder trying to get the draw to free up. And the draw has freed up to a certain degree, but I am really, really disappointed in this construction that I have going on with this cigar. I was, it was really interesting to me watching you cut, because as soon as you cut that cigar on the break, to see how the, the foot of the cigar, the, the lit end just really came alive. Whatever it was, was in that last inch right at the head of the cigar. Well, and when I whacked that off, that disc was, you know, you could turn to, I could throw it as a Frisbee for Ace. Yeah. I mean, it was that hard and rigid. So I'm interested to see, I have another one of these, and I'm interested to see what the second one's going to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm... But now that it's loosened up on you a little bit, are you getting a little more out of it, or have you had time yet? I am getting a little more out of it, but um, I'm not getting more out of it than I do a regular Cro-Magnum. Yeah. I mean, to be a special release, I'm, but now that being said, at this point, I'm jaded. Yeah. At this point, they have already dug a hole, and they're going to have to smoke their way out of it, in my opinion. That's a lot of ash to yes. smoke your way out of a hole. <laughs> that, that is. That's going to take a lot of work. But also on the break, I went to YouTube Music. Because on YouTube Music, if there's a song, I guess I should have checked iTunes. I probably could have checked iTunes. Oh, yeah. But I checked for the Buckeye, you know, the Buckeye Land cigar we talked about in the first half. I did check on it, and the choices are Buckeye Swag, Song of Ohio State University Marching Band, I Am a Buckeye, Buckeye Battle Cry, and then there was Ohio State Buckeye's Buckeye Land. Which is the name of the cigar. Which I cannot, you know, the Tennessee Waltz is a folk classic. Mm -hmm. The Yellow Rose of Texas. So is the Yellow Rose. Yeah, a folk land classic. This song is every bad Casio 1980s keyboard guy. It is awful. So I can't imagine that's what they're naming this song, this cigar for, but we're going to get to the sure bottom of this. I hope not. Because that song was every bit as, and I apologize in advance to any Ohio State fans that we have listened to Are the show. Are both of you listening? But that, it even, <laughs> just the sound of the song just sounded as douchey as every Ohio State fan I've ever met. <laughs> It just, it, I, I just imagine like the, the, the mirror, um, the mirror lens Oakley's backwards on the, on the buzz cut head and the visor oh, no, and cargo shorts and definitely yeah. a mullet. Oh man. That's, that's just mullet awful. music. If ever I've heard it. See, I disagree with you. I think it sounds like bad nineties music. All music in the nineties was bad. How can it sound <laughs> That, which is why it's even more impressive that it sounds like bad 90s music. That's true. But, okay, so since we have now back... And you know what's going to happen? We're both going to love this cigar, and I'm just going to have to We're going to have to eat to, crow. I'm just going to refer to it as the cigar that shall not be named. Right. <laughs> Take the bands off of all of them, the, put it the in a The special cigar box. from the Midwest. I'm, I'm going to go to Canada and buy a box of these where they put them in those ugly green boxes. <laughs> with no, this could be the one you there spoil you go. That. But, anyway, so... A little bit of quick political stuff, of good stuff. Um, cigar retailer. He owns three cigar shops in North Carolina. Todd Johnson was elected to the North Carolina State Senate. 
He's one of very few cigar industry people to be elective legislative. The most prominent is Oliva Cigar CEO Jose Oliva, who is slated to become Speaker of the House of Representatives for the state of Florida beginning in 2019. Um, So that's very good. Uh, I'm looking here to see who else. It's good to know that there are cigar people in legislative positions, and even though it's on the state level, you know, that still gives us as consumers a, a little bit of a foothold within the political spectrum, I feel like. You know, it's sad that in our life, we're now having to get involved with politics just to sit and have a good smoke. It is. Why are they dragging us into this? They, they, they try to drag me into politics, kicking and screaming all week. People will come in here to the cigar shop if I happen to be sitting in here and, oh, yeah, did you go vote? Who'd you vote for? Not talking about it. Don't care. I voted, did my civic duty for my conscience, and I really don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> at all. So let's talk about something fun. So Trump lawyer Rudy G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I. Giuliani? Mm-hmm. Is it Rudy Giuliani? Yeah. Is this the Rudy Giuliani that used to be mayor or something of New York? I, bu- I, I don't know of any other Rudy Giuliani's. It does seem, um, but there he is a he is getting a divorce from his wife Judy Judith Giuliani, <laughs> and part of his expenses he listed was spending twelve thousand dollars and twelve cents on cigars. Couldn't someone have eaten that 12 cents just to make a nice round number? Since April. So from April to this this article was published November 7th. Now, that being said, it probably is the same Rudy Giuliani because he is a cigar guy. So that's... So April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Eight months? Yeah. $12,000, $12,000, so that's spending a dollars $1,200 a month? Yeah, around about that. On cigars? And Okay, now, let's give the man credit. During that time, there was a lot of special releases by Opus. <laughs> I mean, you know, if they, if they called him kind of right before the IPCPR show, he might could have trimmed a little off that number, got if, it down to eight or nine. If I remember correctly, I think he's a Davidoff guy. Either a Davidoff or an Ashton guy. I can't remember which. Well, and this is interesting. And he spent $7,131 on fountain pens. Hey, a man's got good taste. What can I say? Now, I will say, before you castigate him too much for that bill, I would, I would encourage... Actually, I discourage this because it's painful. But go back into your own cigar budget and see how much... You'll probably find that you're not that far off. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I know I'm higher than I want to be, but I know that I'm less than I'm, Rudy Giuliani. Certainly, by, by a lot. But anybody, if you ever feel like uh, being a little self-flagellating, go ahead and, and tally up how much you spend a month or a year on cigars, and it'll, well, that's see, a painful exercise. This is the difference in a single man and a married man. As a single man, you you introspectively look at it and say, you know, well, I wonder how close I am to this number. As a married man, I say, now this number's in my pocket. Next time I'm asked about how much I spend on cigars, I can say less than Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Here's the proof. 
So it's the difference in married and single. I'd be interested to know the difference in net worth, though. Oh, I'm certain. From, from in, in economies of scale, I think he's probably still doing better than both of us. He's he's probably a little bit ahead of the game, and all. But I was just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was a cute article. I don't want to get any deeper into that. The last piece of our legislative update: Marion County, California, bans sale of flavored tobacco. So as most of this stuff starts in California, yeah. And I, okay. Excuse me, people. I'm going to have to climb up back up on the soapbox. If pot's legal in your state, shut the blankety blank up about <laughs> cigars and tobacco of all kinds. If you legalize pot, you give up the right to complain about anything to do with tobacco. I, I, re- I really agree with that. I mean, you know, the, the people for the lobby for the for the pot industry are always very quick to talk about, you know, the medical benefits and this and that. But the, the fact remains, you're still smoking it. The smoke is the irritant. The smoke is the problem. It's not the tobacco itself. But we've just forgotten that. Well, and I would like to point out, this is a half-wheel article. And I'm going to read for you the first sentence of this, and then I want everybody to acknowledge how right Shane is. A complete ban on the fl- sale of flavored tobacco products, including vaping liquids and menthol cigarettes, will be coming to Marin County, California. So yeah, this is the hippies planet? in the yeah. garage with the vape pens that are... Ruining it for everybody else. Ruin- I mean, how, how can legislators look themselves in the freaking eye every day and say, we legalize marijuana for recreational use, but get those cigars off the shelf? Yeah. How do you do that? I don't get it. How do you? You know, it it just goes to the same, you know, I was in, so I was in Phoenix last week. For the first half of the week, we were there for a a work trip. And so we were staying at this very nice resort that keeps the doors open all day, all day, all night. Like the, the entire front wall of the hotel is completely open and the back wall. It's very, very cool. But they've got this immense property as well, huge pool, this whole area, and even an adults-only pool. This is important. So on the third day, the last day we were there, I think it was Tuesday, I, uh, I wanted to have a cigar. I hadn't had a cigar since we'd been there, and I was just, you know, I want to go. I was done with work for the day, and I wanted to go sit out at the adult pool and have a cigar and just sit by the lake because there was a lake on one side and a pool on the other. It was beautiful. Nope, you're not allowed to. I am outside. You can go over, but they did have one small smoking section, but it was right next to the open doors to the actual building. I wanted to be out 100 yards away, and because I was in this arbitrary fenced-in area by the pool, again, adults-only pool, it's not like I'm smoking around a bunch of kids. Not that there were any kids at that hotel anyway. Because it's a golf resort and convention center. Like, how many kids are at that place? Right. Not, not, it's not like you're no. asking to light up on the Magic Mountain at Disneyland. Exactly. But no, I had to walk down around to the edge of the property, kick a couple of ducks out of their nest so that I could sit by the lake and have a cigar out there, not worry about And then still have to look over my shoulder for a bellboy or somebody walking by and see if I get fussed at. It's just, 
it's banning smoking outside makes no daggum sense to me. No, it's well, it's the same hubris that lets you say, "Oh, we want recreational pot, but let's get rid of that pesky flavored tobacco." Right. Hey, I got a question for you, Trey. You got a daughter? Say she turns eighteen. Would you rather she take up pot or flavored cigars? You're, mm. Neither is not an option. Okay, because, I mean, ideally, but yeah, I mean, yeah, flavored tobacco is definitely, because the difference is the mind-altering nature of it, right? You know, there's a, there's a reason that marijuana has a 21-year age restriction as opposed to 18. It's because it's mind-altering, just like alcohol is. So I just don't understand, and there could be all kinds of studies, and the, the problem is there aren't any studies out yet on marijuana because it's been illegal to really research because it's been illegal. It's one of these weird things with the way the country works is that you can't study something illegal because it's illegal. So I have a feeling, given another 20 years or so, and we're going to start finding all the negative ramifications of, you know, yes, it stimulates the economy. And if you want to smoke pot, go for it. I'm not going to stop you from that. I don't want to enjoy it, and I don't like being around it. But at the same time, to use that as a launching point for attacking what somebody else likes when it isn't mind-altering, I can get in the car and smoke a cigar without impairing my judgment. I, you know, it's got, especially in a cigar, is less harmful than cigarettes, for example, and vape. Well, I live, you know, about an eighth of a mile from an elementary school. If I went there on PTA night and kicked the door in and said, how many people in here, your child has either got to start marijuana or flavored cigars, what do you think the percentages are? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I do like the mental image of me kicking in the door at elementary school screaming crazy things. (laughs) the, The picture in my mind, you have a bandolero just with cigars Instead of rounds of ammunition. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and the headband. Oh, Gotta yeah. Gotta have the full Rambo headband and the Jerry Pearl. And a, and a holster on either side with a cutter and a lighter in it. <laughs> there we go. But uh, we may have our Halloween costume next year. But, okay, I'm, I now have Smokey this bad taste. <laughs> I now have that bad taste in my mouth. Coming back, I will say now that I have cut a third of the cigar off, poked it numerous times, massaged it like it's given me $50 at the end of it. This is a good cigar. Okay. The flavor is there. The flavor about is halfway finally it coming now. alive. <laughs> it, took, it took you a while, but yeah, you're about halfway through it now. The amount of work in getting that flavor is really pushing it for me. Tell me about the flavor of your cigar. I've been over here. You know, we try to run a positive show. <laughs> That didn't work tonight. No, no, it really didn't. Uh, Well, then I will turn the show around a little bit and and say that I'm really enjoying this cigar. You know, Crown Heads does some things really, really well. Their blends are chief among that, but I think one of the things that sets them apart are their collaborations. You know, when they first hit the scene back in 2007 or 8 or whenever it was, they they were not my favorite. And then they started experimenting a little bit. They kind of really found their their niche. And then they started collaborating with the My Father Cigars and DPG. 
and then they've done a couple of other collaborations. The the Ohio's the Buckeye Land is, is a collaboration with Drew Estate. You know, this being a collaboration with E. P. Carrillo, they are picking really good people to share a, a cigar label with, and they are letting that person showcase what they do well, but putting that crown heads flair to it. And that's what this cigar is. You know, a lot of people don't smoke a lot of E.P. Carrillo. I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen someone smoking an E.P. Carrillo cigar in the last year. But the thing is, this is the guy that created the La Gloria Cubana, who you see people... Now, the blend's a little different these days, but, you know, that is a phenomenal cigar. The Cardinal that he did when he came out on his own is a phenomenal cigar. This guy knows his stuff. And I really like that Crown Heads is, is giving these collaborations a shot, and I think it's really what has taken them to the next level for me. I love when Crown Heads proves my point. People have heard me say it on this show a million times about success, about successful people. Mm-hmm. Successful people will be successful. Um, I've said, people, everybody that knows me has heard me say it, if the plan business ended tomorrow... The same skills I used in the plan business to be successful, I could use in any other business to become successful. Mm -hmm. Crowned Heads is proving my point. Because once General bought CAO from them, they have created a um, a great market without actually opening a cigar factory. Mm hmm They've gone to different, they've used their contacts, and these are just guys that know what they're doing. They know cigars, they know what they like, they have the industry contacts, and they have stepped in and created this amazing cigar market without ever having all the overhead of building a factory and having to do that. I mean, I'm sure they've got warehouses, they've got a distribution system, they've got all of that, but they've gone to places like My Father, places like General, places, you know, places like Drew Estate, and got these guys to make cigars for them. And that's brilliant. That's it. Now, I don't want everybody doing that because we'd only have one cigar plant and we'd just slap different labels on it going right. out, out the doors. And it would look like Canada on the shelf. Yeah. But I, will, I, I doff my hat to crowned heads because they have managed to do that. Speaking of which, it's turned cold this week and you're not wearing a hat. Are you not doing the hat thing this fall? It's in my truck. I actually have my Stetson 100% beaver cowboy hat in the truck, and I didn't want to bring it in because I haven't had a chance to treat it yet to be sure that the smoke does not. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm as oh, bad. Oh, you finally pulled the trigger on that hat. Well, no, I found two of or three of them at a yard sale. Oh, wow. Brand new. Stetson 100% beaver hats. Got them for about 25 bucks each. Those Dang. are like $200 yeah. hats. Um. Bought a wonderful coat with it. I'll have to put a picture on Facebook. <laughs> but no, I'm not wearing it in the shop yet because I'm doing research on how to treat my beaver and getting a lot of bad Google searches out of this. <laughs> I hope you have safe search <laughs> turned on for that. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of bad information out there about beaver treatment. <laughs> I mean, and the things to spray on it and if it smells and all of these different things that keep coming up are really, really not working helping me with my cowboy hat. I'm going to have to change my search parameters or if we happen to have a haberdasher that does not live in Ohio that we haven't ticked off tonight, yeah. could he please text me how I need to seal up my cowboy hat to be sure it does not smell like cigarette smoke or cigar smoke every time I go out in it? That's funny. Well, I just noticed that because we have had, 
Now, maybe it's hitting me a little bit more just because of, you know, it's been 80 degrees where I've been the last week, but it, it turned cold in a hurry. And, you know, I'm amazed. Um, if you want an interesting Google search in all seriousness, search the cowboy attire. Search the amount of the attire that the cowboy wears. The boots are pointed a certain way because of the stir- stirrups, and so they couldn't fall out of a, fall off a horse and get drugged for miles. The cowboy hat is so warm; it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how well all of this all of this is form and function has come together for the attire of a cowboy. It's an interesting Google search. I've got one that I that I have that I usually take camping every year. It was too warm this year, uh, but it's it's all leather, and that thing is you can wear that in the winter, and it will keep your head warmer than a wool cap. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how the function. I lo- I love form. One of the reasons I design houses is I love form. I love function. Um, I'm a high efficiency designer. I'm not going to design the governor's mansion. I'm not going to design something for you and 20 friends to have parties. I'm going to design high efficiency homes. So the accessories in my life, and I'm with hats like women are with shoes. I've never seen one I didn't want to try on. <laughs> And, uh, and I just, I love that. I have a huge hat collection, tons of hats, lots of them cigars. But yes, my hat is in the truck would be the... Okay. To, to use 500 when five would have done. Okay, so you're not without hat. It's just... It's just in the truck. I want to see it before you take off tonight. But I'm very excited about that. But anyway, well, we were going to get into cigar etiquette, but I want to save Zeno Davidoff. I don't want to rush him. We're coming to the end of the show. Okay. I don't want to rush Zeno Davidoff, just a teaser for next week. He wrote the book on etiquette for cigar smoking. Literally wrote the book. I mean, there really wasn't, before he wrote his book on on cigar etiquette, there really wasn't anything uh, of of its kind in existence. In 1967, he published his essay entitled Zeno Davidoff's Guide to Cigar Etiquette. And it still rings true. It's 45 years later now. It's still ringing true. Um, it, it's something I want to cover, and I don't want to rush it. So my apologies, but we'll have to get into that next week because right. I don't want to rush that. I think that I may have spent too much time yelling about... About hippies and their vape pens? Yeah, about all the things wrong. But I will say, okay, Cro-Magnum Venus, it's time to pronounce judgment. Okay. I'm going to smoke another. I refuse to pronounce judgment on what could have been. This is a handmade product. Mm-hmm. It is made by human hands. It is prone to flaws. And it's an agricultural product, too. So no yes. two leaves are ever the same. So I will not pronounce judgment on this cigar. I will say once I've got it smoking, the flavor is excellent. It's come alive even further since I first started talking about it. I am getting a little more of that Cameroon. The Cameroon has finally... And it, does it seem like Cameroon has to heat up more than any other tobacco you smoke? I think so. I would, I mean, I would say that's accurate. Sumatra kind of punches you in the mouth mm-hmm. right on the start. So does San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas. Both very bold profiles right from the start. They come right at you. Cameroon's a little more subtle. Cameroon's got to come around. Mm-hmm. And also, But I will say I'm really enjoying it now that I have performed the ritual. Um, we're going to have to clean up the, you know, the goat blood over here. And I have performed the ritual to get this cigar to smoke tonight. It's really good. But I cannot judge it until I smoke another one. I'm going to have to give it another shot. I am going to, when I put this cigar down, 
go spend five minutes yelling at Austin about how bad the draw was when I started well, with it Well, of tonight. course. But he's used to that by now, isn't he? He, I think he is. Well, the, the court reserve from Crown Heads that I'm smoking tonight is really, really good. Like I said, it tastes... It, it does have some similarities to the Lagoria Cubana from yesteryear, you know, back the original blend. I'm getting some of that spiciness from it, but it's just really, really well-balanced, well-made. I'm The draw on this actually was a little light when I first lit it. It's even out. I had a little bit of a, an empty spot there at the end, and I was getting actually a little bit of a little bit of a cold draw through it. You know, every once in a while you'll get that cold spot on the roof of your mouth where you're just drawing air through. Uh, but that's that's evened itself out. That doesn't bother me nearly as much as, as drawing too tight. Uh, but the flavor is just, it's just really, really um, well-balanced. That I, I, I can only say good things about it. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm going to destination smoke one. I've had a couple sitting in my humidor for about a week. Cause when I, and also the other thing, when I first smoked that cigar, literally they weren't on the shelves yet. Literally I had walked in and he had just busted them open from the UPS box. So it probably... So that probably had something. So I'm interested to do a destination smoke on that particular stick and really give it the what for. Well, all right. Well... I think that about wraps us up for this week. In I'm the exhausted. Me- in the meantime, uh, well, you've been up there, you know, high altitude on that soapbox. You probably need to come down here and get a little bit more oxygen. In the meantime, uh, give us a call. Give us a, oh, God. <laughs> Drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com. I had a stroke, Shane. You didn't notice that? My, um, Facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm -hmm.